0: Let the church say amen. Amen. Beautiful song about Yahweh, the fire. Bible refers to the Holy Spirit as fire. Uh, Bible refers to the Holy Spirit as uh, wind. Bible refers to the Holy Spirit as water. And this morning as we continue this series called Top Down Living, it's an opportunity for us to continue to think about the power and presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives. About what the Holy Spirit wants to do in us, and as I've said uh, several times already, now you get the idea, right? Driving down the road in a convertible is pretty cool. Um, sometimes, literally, right? Uh, but the wind in your face, the you know, the unobstructed views—it's—it's uh, it's all about uh, letting go of all the other stuff and enjoying the moment. And I believe that's part and parcel about why God sent the Holy Spirit to us, is because God wants. Uh, us to live in such a way that we keep the joy of Jesus front and center in our lives. And the Holy Spirit's job is to help us keep Jesus front and center in our lives. It's what top-down living is all about. Today, as we get into the third part of this four-part series, I want to talk to you about uh, being a conduit or a container as we continue to explore the power of the Holy Spirit. I brought a a few props with me today and uh, you guys will understand these quickly. Uh, Everybody, or probably most everybody has one of these, right? And uh, almost everybody's going to have one of these also. This is a toolbox, and a toolbox contains... Okay, you guys are quick. You got it figured out. All right, (laughs) great. And, uh, you know, I've got tools in here. This is a plumber's plumber's ranch a uh, screwdriver, here's a hammer, uh, let's see, here's a tape measure, and of course, no toolbox is complete without duct tape. Can I get an amen, guys? Right? If it ain't going to work, use the duct tape. If it doesn't work with the duct tape, it wasn't going to work anyway, right? And uh, yeah. So every, these toolboxes can carry all these tools, and uh, I want to submit to you this morning that, that you and I are like this. From God's perspective, God puts tools into our lives that God wants to use to repair individuals' lives all around us. Those tools are the work of the Holy Spirit, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. You read about them in, in 1 Corinthians 12 and in Romans 12 and Ephesians 4. You hear all about these tools. Words, they're called words of wisdom, words of knowledge the gift of healing, the gift of faith, the gift of tongues, the gift of interpretation of tongues. All these are tools that God wants to use to bless people's lives. And those tools are contained in you. So the other thing I brought with me is this, that is a hose, and you get what a hose does, right? A hose delivers water from one place, from the spigot to another place where you want the water to go. This is a conduit. It moves something from one place to another. In this case, it moves water from one place to another. And this morning, I want to invite you to ask yourself the question, am I going to be only a container of the gifts of God or am I going to be a conduit of the gifts of God that brings to bear in other people's lives the power of God? Conduit or container? That's what I want you to think about today, and and part of what you need to hear as I begin is that being a conduit has everything to do with your willingness to be a conduit, because the Bible says that when you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, the gifts of the Spirit are unlocked in your life. They're not available to you if you are not a Christian. If you are a Christian, these gifts are given to you, uh, so many gifts that are given to you as you receive Jesus Christ. But you have to choose, you and I do, whether or not we're going to allow ourselves to be conduit to allow the gifts of God to be used in the lives of people around us to bless them and encourage them. Think about it this way. There are many Sundays, Dan will tell you this, Bobby would tell you this, any preacher that you ever hear would tell you this, I think... That, that people, oftentimes, when they're walking out, they'll come up to the preacher and they'll say, man, I can't believe what you said in there today. And then they'll repeat what they think you said. And you're thinking to yourself, I never said that. I, I don't remember ever saying that. But, but, but that's just evidence of the power of God. Because when you're listening for God's voice, God always speaks when you're truly listening. And so uh, pastors very often get people saying, well, I didn't realize you knew all about my life. Well, yeah, I'm not preaching into anybody's life, but God is. God knows exactly what's going on with you. And if you're listening and open, God will speak into your life. But you've got to be a willing conduit. Several years ago, we were having an altar prayer ministry team meeting, and we were practicing praying for other people. It was right over here in the youth room. We had a group of us, and we were going to practice praying for each other. And we paired off into twos, and, and, and we began to pray. And the, and the drill was, tell me about something that you want prayer for, and I'm going to pray for you, and then I'm going to tell you about something that I need prayer for, and, and then you're going to pray for me. I had the privilege of, of, of uh, one of the gentlemen in our church, uh, and he, I said, well, what do you want me to pray for you about? He said, well, I've been diagnosed with cancer, and it's in the kidney back here. And and so I prayed. I put my hand on his back where the kidney was, and I prayed. I prayed in faith that God would heal this man. And and, and after I finished praying, uh, we we getting ready to pray for me, and he said, "You got to stop. I I got to tell you what was going on while you were praying." And he said, "Out of your hand, I, I felt heat." And, and I said, "I didn't feel any heat, <laughs> but he felt heat." And believe me, the thing that's critical is that it doesn't matter what I felt. What matters is, what did he feel? And that man went to the doctor like a week or a week and a half later, and guess what? The doctor was dumbfounded. He said, your cancer is gone. And and my point in saying that is to say, you just got to be a willing vessel. you got to be a willing conduit to allow the Holy Spirit to move through you into somebody else's life, to touch them, to bless them. Because everybody needs a blessing from God every day, don't we? And very often, we don't receive the blessing or don't give the blessing because we're not willing to be a conduit for God. Today, I want to invite you to recognize that we have got to be that conduit. We've got to be used by God to bring healing into people's lives. You see, God wants us To be open to the Holy Spirit, and by being open to the Holy Spirit, God is able to do things that we cannot do. And don't we want God to do things that we cannot do all the time, every day? now, you've heard me refer to David in recent months. I, I've preached uh, different places about David, but I'm going to continue a little bit of a reminder about David again today. You remember David, the king of Israel, the rock star, the giant slayer, everybody's friend, everybody loved David. And then he fell by the wayside because he chose his way versus God's way. He invited a woman that was beautiful that he saw bathing to come into his house. He slept with her. He liked her. He wanted her for his own. He decided that he would have her husband killed, which he went on and did, and then he could take her to himself and have, it, have her without her husband around anymore. And And uh, a time later, the prophet Nathan confronted David and, and and revealed to him the failure, the moral failure that he had done. And as a result, David Became contrite and he confessed. He admitted his guilt. And when he admitted his guilt, he fell into self pity. And you understand what self pity looks like it's when we say to ourselves, Woe is me! Wah, 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 wah. Right? We're whining about this, we whine about that. Don't tell me you don't know what I'm talking about because if you're alive, you know what it is to whine. We can all do it pretty well at different places and times in our lives. And David does it here in Psalm 51. David is afraid that God is going to walk away from him. That God will not listen to him anymore because of the bad choices that he made. And so here in Psalm 51, we hear him pleading in the midst of his whining to God. Listen for the word of the Lord in Psalm 51. David says... Have mercy on me, O God, because of your unfailing love, because of your great compassion, blot out the stain of my sins. Wash me clean from my guilt. Purify me from my sin, for I recognize my rebellion. It haunts me day and night. Against you and you alone have I sinned. I have done what is evil in your sight. You will be proved right in what you say, and your judgment against me is just. For I was born a sinner. Yes, from the moment my mother conceived me. But you desire honesty from the womb, teaching me wisdom even there. Purify me from my sins, and I will be clean. Wash me, and I will be whiter than snow. Oh, give me back my joy again. You have broken me. Now let me rejoice. Don't keep looking at my sins. Remove the stain of my guilt. Create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a loyal spirit within me. Do not banish me from your presence and don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and make me willing to obey you. Then I will teach your ways to rebels and they will return to you. Forgive me for shedding blood, O God who saves. Then I will joyfully sing of your forgiveness. Unseal my lips, O Lord, that my mouth may praise you. You do not desire a sacrifice, or I would offer one. You do not want a burnt offering. The sacrifice you desire is a broken spirit. You will not reject a broken and repentant heart, O God. Look with favor on Zion and help her rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. Then... You will be pleased with sacrifices offered in the right spirit, with burnt offerings and whole burnt offerings. Then bulls will be sacrificed, will again be sacrificed on your altar. Let the church say, Amen. amen. It's a powerful message that David gives to us, filled with so much, but it has everything to do with the subject of today this top down living, this idea of being a conduit or container. David's words. Uh, are, if you look at them, you begin to realize that part of what David is doing is he's trying to be a fast talker with God. And I remember a time in my life when my mom would, would say to me, she, she would say, Frank, you're kind of a fast talker. If you would stop talking so much and listen some more, you might hear what I have to say. Anybody ever heard that from one of their parents? Never, Never right? Maybe... It's time for you to stop complaining and whining about your life. Maybe it's time to stop whining and complaining and to start listening for the voice of God. Some might ask, well, how do I hear the voice of God? Listen to what Jeremiah thirty-one thirty-three says. He says, this is the covenant I will make with the house of Israel after that time, declares the Lord. I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. It says again and again in the scriptures that the laws of God, knowledge of right and wrong is is buried within you, is put into you from the very beginning. It's how you know right from wrong. God gives you that ability. But you understand you've got to listen. You've got to take the time to listen in order to hear. This is what David is talking about in verses 5 and 6. Let me read those again to you. It says, For I was born a sinner, he said. Yes, from the moment my mother conceived me, but you desire honesty from the womb, teaching me wisdom even there. So if the Holy Spirit's job is to show me right from wrong, He is my conscience. My job is to cooperate with Him, and that means being His conduit being the vessel through which God's gifts flow. So I want to invite you to think with me for a few moments about how I can be a conduit for the Holy Spirit. Let me first say that, you know, I hear people say from time to time they want to lose weight. And one of the things that I know about losing weight is you have to make a conscious decision to follow a plan if you're going to lose weight. It doesn't happen by us just thinking about it, by us just desiring it. You have to behave in a particular manner in order to lose that weight. Maybe there's a bad habit that you've got that is keeping you from your relationship with God and it's time for you to stop. What is your plan to stop? If you and I want to grow in our ability to be led by the Holy Spirit, we have to choose to be a conduit. We have to choose to be a vessel through which the gifts Of God's Spirit flow into others. So, how can I be this conduit? Well, it's relatively simple. The first one is obvious, and that is read the Bible. Imagine that. Read the Bible. It's the primary way that we learn about God and God's grace from God's Scripture. In John 17 17, Jesus said that we are made holy by the truth, and he said, Your word is truth. The Word is the Bible. The Bible is truth. It has the power to teach, to clarify our thinking, to clear our conscience so that we can be led by the Spirit into right living. But if we don't act on what we learn from the Word, our belief is not authentic. Did you hear me? If we don't act on what we hear from the Word, What we're saying is, I don't really believe it because I'm not acting on it. There's this movement that Scripture gives to us about hearing and believing, and that's supposed to lead into acting. And as a result, our knowledge of God grows. We're able to hear better. We're able to believe more deeply, and we're able to act more profoundly on behalf of God. Sometimes... People place a premium on memorizing Scripture. And there is absolutely many wonderful things that come from memorizing Scripture. But if memorizing Scripture doesn't get interpreted into your actions, what good is the memorizing of the Scripture? It's like that story that Jesus told about the man that was left for dead, beaten by the side of the road, and that holy man... A man who knew all the scriptures came along the way and he saw the man left for dead and he decided he couldn't help him and he went around by the other side of the road and walked on. And Jesus punctuates the story by saying a second holy man. Well, versed in the scripture, came along to the same man. He saw the predicament of the man and decided he didn't have time for the man and he walked on his way. And a third man came along. He was not a holy man. He was actually a man from the other side of the tracks. He was a man that when people heard this story, they would have said, oh, Jesus is talking about the bad guy when it comes to this guy that's coming along in the story. And behold, it tells us that that man was the one who stopped and did what was right in the eyes of God. Jesus said it was that guy, the, the guy that wasn't the holy guy that did the work of God he behaved in a particular way you've got to listen you've got to hear it and then you've got to move to acting on it are you doing this another place we can be a conduit of the holy spirit is through our circumstances the holy spirit is always working around us in our circumstances so that our lives might grow closer to him uh, i I've, I've spoken about it many times recently I've spoken about it after the experiences that I've been through in the last six months. Remember Romans 8, 28, that says, we know that God works all things together for good, for the ones who love God, for those who are called according to His purpose. Things or other people that other people intend for bad, or maybe the evil one intends for bad in our lives, God knows how to work those things around so that good comes out of them. It's part of the gift of God. Sometimes bad things happen to you and you have to make a choice. Am I going to choose to see this bad thing that's happened to me as some kind of punishment for God? Am I going to give up on God because something bad happened to me? Why is it so surprising to us that we should suffer? Jesus suffered. Jesus suffered and died on a cross. If If it's good enough for Jesus, maybe it's good enough for us that we might suffer, so that God would teach us. We cannot be immune from suffering. And much of our suffering, let's recognize that much of our suffering comes from the bad choices that we make. Some suffering comes as a result of nothing that we've done, but suffering sometimes seems so senseless that we can't understand it. And we're faced with a choice. Either I have to be willing to say that I don't understand all the things there are to know about God. Or we have to be willing to say, i got to give up on God because I don't believe God is real anymore. Just because you don't understand God doesn't mean that God isn't real. I wonder how many of you have flown in an airplane before? Anybody here flown in an airplane? Okay. Good bunch of you. Now, when you got on that plane, I want to ask you, Did you go up to the pilot and say, excuse me, sir or madam, uh, would you provide me a resume, please? (laughs) Did did you ask them how many hours of flight time they have in a plane like this? You get on a plane and and you go sit down in that plane with a couple of hundred other people and you don't even know the guy or gal that's flying the plane. And yet you trust them to do what is necessary to get that plane to the right place at the right time time how can you trust your life to somebody you don't even know and yet how difficult it is for us very often to not trust God who knows us better than we know ourselves isn't it time you started trusting your life to someone who knows you better than you know yourself but that you have maybe pushed away or refused to let in the Bible says that faith is about believing God's word about God's goodness in spite of our circumstances. Listen to the way it says it in Hebrews 11, verse 1. It says, Faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. If you allow the Holy Spirit to lead you, no matter how hard or difficult your life may become, He will lead you to find the good in the midst of the bad of life's circumstances. So as, as a conduit, the Holy Spirit, we cooperate with the Holy Spirit, residing in our hearts, in our conscience by reading the Bible and acting on it, and by trusting that no matter what happens in our circumstances, God will show us the way. Another place that we are a conduit is where we cooperate with the Holy Spirit is having a willingness to be a tool for God. Are you willing? Honestly, are you willing? willing one of the challenges in speaking about the holy spirit is that too many people are resistant to the holy spirit and many times i believe that the reason that we are that we are resistant to the holy spirit is because we we're afraid that we'll be shunned by our friends because we're acting differently than anybody else and Isn't it true in the first place that if you and I consider ourselves to be followers of Jesus Christ, that we're supposed to be acting differently anyway? That we're supposed to live lives differently than other people around us? If someone in this room today were suddenly to stand up and speak in a tongue that was unknown to the rest of us, and after that, if someone got up and interpreted that tongue, which is the model that the Bible gives to us about the gift of speaking in tongues, if somebody got up and interpreted that and the message that came from the interpretation was just for you, wouldn't you be glad that that person spoke in the first place? Oh, sometimes we are so resistant to the Holy Spirit because we're afraid that somebody's going to look crossways at us. We should celebrate when somebody looks crossways at us, friends, because we're, we're called to live differently. We're called to live differently than the people in our society. Spiritual gifts are given for the good of building up the church. They have nothing to do with personal agendas or ambitions. They are not to build individuals up. They're not to make somebody have a better reputation or make someone feel like they're superior in the church. They are tools. They are tools that God distributes through people who are willing to be His conduit. Things like words of wisdom, words of knowledge, faith, Gifts of healing, gift of tongues, interpretation of tongues, and many more. If you are a Christian, these are waiting to be used in you. But you've got to be a conduit. You have to be willing. Have you ever been in a place where you're talking to somebody about something going on in their life and God plants a scripture in your head? And, and, And that you delivered that scripture to that person, you said it to that person, and and their eyes got wide, or maybe they even began to weep because of what you spoke. It was just a scripture, but it nailed on the head the struggle that that person is having. And you just delivered a gift to that person from God intended to be used to build that individual up. But very often, we don't deliver those gifts because we're afraid. Of what someone might say or what someone might think. We've got to act. We've got to be willing to be that conduit. It's kind of like playing hot potato. Did you ever play hot potato when you were a kid? Right? You get the ball, and, and the object is to get the ball and get rid of it as quickly as you can. And sometimes God wants to give us a gift, and we're, we're like playing hot potato. God's got the ball, and He throws it our direction, and we stand there like this. And the ball just bounces off us. Because it bounces off us, we can't have it to deliver to somebody who needs it. Because we're afraid, or because we're unwilling. And the last issue that I'd like to invite you to consider today about being a conduit of the Holy Spirit is... The issue of keeping my heart clean. Keeping our hearts clean. I read it to you a few moments ago from Psalm 51, verses 10 and 11. Here they go again. He, David says, Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Don't cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Keeping our hearts clean has to do with the use of our will to cooperate with God in our lives. Using your will to cooperate with the will of God. Then amazing things happen. Listen to what it says in Ephesians 4, 20, 29 to 32, speaking about the things that come out of our lives. It says, don't let any foul words come out of your mouth. Only say what is helpful when it is needed for building up the community so that it benefits those who hear what you say. Don't make the Holy Spirit of God unhappy. You were sealed by Him for the day of redemption. Put aside all bitterness, losing your temper, anger, shouting, and slander. Anybody want to say ouch? Along with every other evil, be kind, compassionate, and forgiving to each other in the same way God forgave you in Christ. All of these things that Paul mentions here in Ephesians 4 are are things that grieve the Spirit. They are sin. Sin, all sin grieves the Spirit of God. We keep our hearts clean by confession, by telling God what we've done when we've done it, and it cleanses our relationship, just like it does when you use those same words with somebody that you've got a broken relationship with. The words that are the hardest words in the English language, I am sorry. We have to sometimes put our pride aside Swallow our pride and say, okay, God, I got to do this. I got to say, I'm sorry. And how does it feel when you say, I am sorry? Imagine how God feels when we say, I am sorry to God. In 1 John 1, 9 and 10, it says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we confess God will purify us from all righteousness. Next Sunday, hopefully, as you've heard already, is, is our next Baptism Sunday. And uh, I, I want to remind you today that, that baptism is a celebration for us in the life of the church, a celebration of what God has done in a person's life. You also heard this morning that, that on Friday night, there were 12 kids that accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Uh, and, and, and I, what a celebration that is. What a, what a great moment that is in the life of our church to have 12 kids except Jesus. Can I get an amen? amen. And so my prayer is, my hope is, I don't know yet, but I hope that some of those kids are going to be here on baptism Sunday next week so we can celebrate with them this decision that they've made. It's a wonderful privilege for us to celebrate that because God purifies us from all unrighteousness. The role of the Holy Spirit is to be like our conscience, our path. We become a conduit of the Holy Spirit, a a vessel through which the tools of God flow by reading God's Word, by trusting that no matter what circumstances come, God will show us the way, by being a ready receptacle for the gifts of God and by keeping our hearts clean through confession. I want to close this morning by uh, sharing... A moment from my own life when I was a kid. uh, When I was a kid, dad would take me and sometimes the rest of the family out to the Air and Space Days out at Davis-Monthan Air Force Base out in Tucson. And you know, we've got, you know what those are about. They have them here twice a year, right? It's going to happen either at Carswell or out at uh, Alliance and the Thunderbirds of the Blue Angels are there. And what a thrill, Right? To see those vehicles with 2,000 ponies in them pushing those vehicles across the sky is exhilarating and powerful and profound. And I loved going and being there with my dad. Let's watch this video right now. we play some We can play some. That's not me and my dad but it could be me and my dad (laughs) and the thing that i absolutely loved about going to the air show was just being on my dad's shoulders from that position i had the best seat in the house i could experience the power unlike any other way that i could experience the power friends you and i got to get on the back of our heavenly father to experience the power that is out there so that we can give that power away to people so that they know the life transformation that comes from a relationship with Jesus Christ. Let's be about that power. Let's be the conduit for the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. God, on this day, we confess that there are times in our lives where we are resistant to the power of the Holy Spirit because we are intimidated by others. God, help us to cast aside that fear. May you, by the power of your Spirit, cast that fear out of us, God. May we live as people of your Spirit. May we allow your Spirit to flow through our lives into the lives of those around us to touch people, not with us, God, but with you so that people's lives would continue to be changed just like you changed us. God, we praise you for the gift of your Holy Spirit. May we be a blessing to others because you have been such an amazing blessing to us, we pray in the name of Jesus and in the power of his spirit, we pray. Amen.